you know, looking forward to, to this week. Excited to be home um, and uh, having fans in the stadium. So that'll be fun for the first time in the Edwards Stadium uh, for this 2020 season. And, you know, really, uh, really pleased with the win that we got as a team um, over the weekend against Houston and uh, faced some adversity. The guys were able to bounce back and were able to have uh, finish out the game the right way. And so looking forward to getting some of the things fixed that, that uh, obviously we we do every week after uh, a game, but um, there's some things I think that could really help us um, be in better position for success as a team in all three phases. And uh, it's going to be, you know, based around us being aggressive and us uh, trying to uh, establish our identity as a team. And hopefully we can get that done. Looking forward to the corrections and practice today. So I'll take any of the questions you guys have for me. All right, let's go, Jared, and then John Kuhn. Bonnie, I wanted to ask about the interaction you have with the coordinators and, and the other coaches during a game. Obviously, against Houston, you had to make some decisions as far as what you wanted to do defensively. I just wondered how you do that and, and what's the process like as you guys try and evaluate how, how that's going to, to be accomplished as you have to make those adjustments? Well, it takes the entire staff, and, and we, weren't able, we won't be able to do it without, you know, our graduate assistants and, and our analysts, people that are, that are involved in all the decision-making. But um, more than anything, uh, the, the staff just collaborates with each other. They work really well together on offense and defense and special teams. And whenever they see something that could be changed or an adjustment to be made, that we get that done. And as a head coach, I oversee all of it, but I trust the coaches that are uh, in those in the decision-making process, and that includes me being part of that. So that's kind of how it works. I, it's not really much different from a lot of other places, but if you want to get more specific than that, I'm probably not going to do it. Kalani, looking at the defense, you have 16 sacks through five games. Last season, you had 17 for the entire season. What, what's really key, just the success that you guys have had in getting into the backfield and, and getting to the quarterback and getting those sacks from game to game? I don't know if I can answer it all in just one uh, answer. There's a lot of variables that go into it. Personnel, experience, um, scheme, all that stuff goes into it. But I think you're looking at a team that, that – probably plays against people that are coming from behind and trying to um, throw the ball more. And so when they do that, we have to capitalize and make uh, make sure we get sacks and get disruption. And I'd like to see us get more turnovers. So uh, to me, uh, all that stuff goes kind of goes hand in hand and all the variables combined is, is the what you're probably seeing as a result of it. So I don't know if it could be listed as just one one person or one thing it's just a collection of all of it helps uh helps get get us better better results and so as long as we can keep performing well and 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 uh i like you know getting a lead and, and having make teams play from behind that that works too so uh all that stuff goes 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 into the probably the the, the increase in sacks for us okay let's go mitch harper and then jason shepherd and Kalani, you've always said that, you know, you grew up a BYU fan and you love BYU football. How, how much are you enjoying the wave of success and buzz that this program is currently experiencing? Well, 
I'm a fan. I'm having fun with it. As a coach, I'm I'm working. You know, so I, I mean that's you know, Mitch, you brought it up when 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 I was a fan. That yeah, of course. But when I became a player, my focus was way different as a player. And now that as a, as a head coach, my focus is way different now. So I'll always be a fan. That that part will always be there for me. But I'm probably more of a fan now to, to the other sports like BYU basketball, men's and women's, and all the sports that we have here. And, uh, so that you know, you're looking at those type of sports. I can probably be more of a fan than that. But here, my job is the head coach, and so my focus is way different. And uh, if I'm a fan, I'm having a great time with it. But as football team, as a program, as coaches and uh, and players, our focus is not not that part of it. And what can you share? Does that answer for you? Yeah, that's great. Uh, what, what can you share on the the status of of James Empey and, and Gunnar Romney going into this week? Yeah, going into this week, um, everyone's back. We just have to see if – I think they'll be questionable, those guys, and we'll see if they can play this this Saturday. But uh, we plan on them, you know, getting on the field. We haven't made a decision yet that they're out for the for Texas State game. Um, we also have a good number of guys coming back uh, this week. We'll see Tristan Hodge on the field today. We'll have Keanu Saliapanga, who practiced last week, be more involved and be ready to go. So if you now still – you know, getting ready, and I think he'll be—he's more ready now than than before. So, uh, there's—I'm probably leaving some people out, but uh, you know, Kyrus will be back, and so I think uh, we'll be in a really good good spot right now, starting practice today. Coach, you had mentioned a minute ago uh, about adjustments. How is this team specifically, whether it's in-game adjustments or at halftime, how? How pleased have you been with the team's ability to listen to that and then go out and take the changes and execute them? Yeah, I think, I mean, when you kind of factor all the decision-making, it, it takes, there's a lot that goes go into it. And so it, you don't want to overreact and, and, and um, you know, and, and make drastic changes, but you have to have plans for everything. And, and so you may have a plan A and if it goes great, that's awesome. But, I think you're you're going to have to have a, um, a number of different uh, you know game plans in it, and then it's just a matter of, of getting the um, you know implementing it, and then making sure you're doing it in a timely fashion. So that's pretty much how how it breaks down. And then obviously, I'd love to make great adjustments early as soon as possible, but that's the battle as coaches. You have to figure out when the best time is to do it. And some decisions could be made and changes could be made right then on the sideline. Others have, um, you know, you have some time to go in in halftime and make some adjustments there. So you, you utilize all the time you have, but uh, I think you just kind of, you don't know how the game's going to play. You just have to kind of go with it and have a bunch of plans um, ready to roll if, 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 if things don't work out. Fans and no fans has obviously been a topic all year, and you guys were able to experience the the win with a lot of BYU fans in Houston. Knowing now that there will be fans at the game Saturday, how much how much excitement does that even add to this game coming up at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Well, our, our players and, and and our coaches, we love our fans, so that that's going to be uh, the main part is that we we just appreciate our fans so much and. And look forward to, to having them there, you know. So, we we've had four games without fans, and that was that was hard. But uh, we still love the game, you know. And then, um, but just having that um, real time reaction, uh, whether good or bad, not there's nothing can simulate that. So, 
looking forward to it and, and seeing our fans in the stadium is going to be a lot of fun. But that's that gives you more sense of things being as normal as possible. So we're trending the right way once we see our fans in the, in the stadium. Sorry, Kalani, last one for me. Um, just your thoughts on Texas State. I think they brought in at the beginning of the year, they had over 50 new players. Um, what are your thoughts on this team? This will be their fifth road game in a row. What do you make of the Bobcats early this week? Yeah, Coach Spavadol is a really good coach, and, and he's been around and uh, has had some great mentors in his, in his, in his coaching experience. And so uh, they'll be ready to, to be here and play us. And I think they know the situation. But, we, you know, for us, it's, it's a matter of us being focused and, and trying to get the most out of our guys this week in practice and preparation and playing the game and, and trying to be our best this weekend. That's the goal every week. Uh, but from what I see, they're, they're highly competitive. And you look at, I mean, they took UTSA all the way to overtime, you know, so a lot of respect for their coaches, a lot of respect for their, for their players, um, a lot of good athletes on their team. And so we're, we have to be ready. You know, we have to make sure that we're at our best because I think we're going to get their best shot this weekend. Okay, let's go Jake Hatch and then Jay. Kalani, I wanted to ask you, in terms of adjustments you guys made in the game against Houston, it looked like in the second half you went more man-to-man -man on defense. Was that an adjustment that you guys made in-game, or was it something you had planned to go in the lead-up to that game? Kind of, that's, that's a plan. I mean, that's that's a background that, that myself and Coach Tuyaki have. And so um, when you're looking at the personnel early in the season, we don't know if we – Needed it as much. Also had some guys that were banged up. And we feel now that we've got more guys back and healthy. And we plan to play a, a quite a number of different schemes, man being one of them. I think there's a lot of attention goes to that. But, you know, when, when you're pass rushing without your big beast in the middle, it's a little different. You know, and not, not saying that Caden and, and, and the others that stepped in didn't do a good job. Just saying that's different when you – you have a guy that's been that has tons of experience and and tons of size, and so I think that 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 was a little different for us, and and maybe relied on Kyrus disrupting the front a little bit too much in a three man rush. But if we can do it, we'll do it. If not, then we'll find other ways. I I want to see a drive stop. I want to see disruption in, in in the defense. I want to see us um, disrupting plays, meaning causing havoc all over the place stopping the run, um, getting to the quarterback in the past game, and uh, creating turnovers. So that's that's the goal. Now, obviously, winning and getting stops is the main important things, and there's a lot of different ways to do that. But I think disruption uh, is kind of got to be kind of the backbone of, of what we're going to do on defense. One more for me here. I wanted to ask you about George Udo. What have you seen from him early on this season that leads you to trust him so much to cover guys like a Marquez Stevenson in that Houston game? Because he's super fast, athletic. He's a, he's a hybrid where he's really tough. Uh, he, he's strong at the line of scrimmage. And uh, when you have a guy with that, with that kind of un unique skill set, it's nice to see him on the field. Um, we have a... a, a high number of players that can, can do things that are unique to their skill set. He's one of them. Just, you know, keep them focused and keep them trained so that they don't miss sacks because I like disruption. And when you miss sacks, it doesn't work well, especially when it turns into a touchdown. So good lesson for him to learn. Um, and hopefully we, we he gets, he does better, but I like his response when he came back and 
and got a sack um, later on, later drive, you know, different drive. So he's still learning. He's still young. He's a sophomore, true sophomore. And so uh, we know we're going to get some really good things out of him uh, on the football field for a long time. But uh, I think you look at the, the, the skills that we have in so many different guys, being able to move different places and play a lot of different coverages, uh, that I think being able to utilize those guys is going to be really important for our success. Lonnie, Zach is starting to get, well, not starting, but he's he's in the Heisman conversation now. Is he, uh, his maturity level, is he the type of kid that can handle this or will you have to say anything to him or how will you approach that? I say stuff to him all the time, but he's he's going to be fine. He's, he's uh, we're not worried about that. We're not worried about the Heisman. We're not worried about anything else except for Texas State and learning from the Houston game last week. I know that you guys are doing your jobs, You got and, and, and I'm probably going to be boring when it comes to that kind of stuff, but I, I'm not worried about Zach doing anything except for beating Texas State and um, learning from the mistakes that he made in the Houston game. But I guarantee you that guy's already addressed it, uh, probably on the flight home, the mistakes that he's made, and and um, just wanted to keep leading this team. You know, we, we have a, a good number of leaders on our team, and, and I trust all these all these guys with with their teammates and giving them praise, but also um, you know correcting some of the mistakes that they see. So I know today in meetings and practice we'll probably have a lot of guys that it's nice when you go into meetings and you and you go over some things and they already addressed it themselves personally. They might have already hit myself up or their position coaches and said, Coach, I should have done this better. They, they utilize our time really well and. Uh, that helps when you have a lot of mature guys that, that are experienced that, that understand the game and are focused. So I'm going to stay focused on, on, on this game. That's all that matters. Okay, let's go Pat and then Alex. Hey, Coach, how you doing? Sorry about that. Had trouble with the mute button. Hey, you kind of uh, answered my question a little bit, but I, just, I was just curious just to touch on this a little more. When you have 6,000 fans after having no fans, does it feel like 60,000? Well, I mean, will, will Lavelle Stadium, will that be rocking again? I mean, do you expect it to be loud and all that? Yep. That's what I expect from those 6,000. They're going to have to make a lot of noise for 60. So uh, they, they, they know what's what, what, what we're demanding from them. And, uh, you know, we're, we're expecting it to be a lot of fun. So I, I, I don't know if they can do it, but I, I'm, I'm, I, think they, I think they can do it. I, I think there, there's a lot of guys, a lot of people in that, uh, men and women and children in that group of 6,000 that are going to make enough noise for the rest because the others that can't be in the stadium are going to count on them doing it. And if they don't, then they're going to hear about it from the others that aren't allowed in the stadium. So uh, a lot of pressure on those guys. You got to talk about – you guys need to interview all the fans that are going to be there and, and, and how they're handling the pressure of making enough noise to, to make the other fans happy. Coach, good afternoon. Um, Dax Milne the other night said that uh, kind of having fans for that for that game against Houston helped fuel the comeback that you guys had. Did you see that yourself on the field? And how much can just the idea of having fans help, you know, the, the performances on the field and help the players with a little bit, just that little bit extra drive, that little bit extra motivation and desire? I think it has a like a um, indirect, like, reflection on the game I, I think more than anything it's what the players recognize as being as normal as possible um whether you're on the road or at home you're kind of used to having a, a, a 
quick reaction to a play, even to like a referee call or something like that. You, you just, you're so used to that being part of the game. And when it doesn't happen, it just doesn't feel like that. You know what I mean? And, and so, um, and we're lucky because we're, we're, we have a fan base that shows up everywhere. Um, we had, man, so many fans at, at the game in Houston. And this, it's just not that game. It's every away game that we, we go to, our fans represent. They show up and they make a lot of noise. And our players appreciate that. So I think more than anything, it just feels as normal as possible, you know, and it feels like a real game. Uh, in a game, we played four games with no fans. And, and I think you hear, I think a lot of the players say it's a little eerie, it's different, weird, but it doesn't take away from the competition. It's just not what they're used to in a game setting. And so um, it doesn't really matter how many fans, but I don't think that maybe when Dak said that it fuels them, it's just like it just gets the energy, keep, it keeps the energy rolling, right? And, and um, I think that's, that's what they recognize. But our players are so focused on the game too. It's, just, it's, it's pretty cool seeing their, their, them just be razor sharp on the sideline, even when things look really, really bleak and things are going in, in, in a negative way. I had a bunch of – just heard a bunch of great things on the sideline, positivity and optimism, and knowing that there's plenty of time for our team to, to do things. We, we played, I think, I'd say probably two great quarters in that game, and um, it would be nice to play four great quarters. That's the goal. If I can follow up just just quickly, um, with sort of the way that the virus has been spreading the last few weeks in Utah, and in the most recent statement by the by, by Governor Herbert, um, does it worry you at all that you guys are going to be able to have six thousand fans? Um, I can tell you the numbers on our football program are really really good, and the numbers in our athletic department, and everything that's going on on from what I see. The numbers that I visibly see in the last three weeks are way different than anywhere else that I've seen. So I, I applaud the, the sports medicine department, administration, and our, our um, football team and, and football team and staff for being mindful of, of the spread and trying to minimize it as, as much as possible because the numbers we're seeing are, are, are really, really good and in and, and, and a positive way. So I, I can't speak for the rest of the state, but I know that um, – BYU here, BYU football here is taking care of business and trying to do their best. Now, like I said, we could do everything right and still have issues. That that that's what happened to us. But uh, it's still a learning process. We're still trying to get better, and there's always room for improvement and uh, creative ways to innovate and, and make sure that we do a great job of uh, handling contact tracing, the spread, and being, you know, wearing our masks, being physical, distance, just social distancing, all that stuff. It all matters, but. It's, a, it's an education process that we have to keep promoting to our guys, and our players have done a great job with it. Thanks, Coach. Okay, last two questions, Hunter and then Mitch. Yeah, Coach, I hesitate to use the word dying position, but the fullback certainly isn't utilized across the country as it has been in the past years. As someone who's played the position, what kind of uh, impact and, and what kind of uh, ability does Mason Wake bring to your guys' offense at the fullback position? Fullback position is not a dying position. They just keep calling it something different. Gronkowski is a fullback. He's just big and tall, so they make him a tight end. So all those guys are fullbacks, whether they like it or not. But uh, it's just I guess if you're not 6'4", you're going to be a fullback, which is fine. And, and Mason Wake can do a lot of things that those tight ends can do. 
Uh, he can catch the ball. He's got soft hands, physical, great ball security, and he probably jumps a lot too much. I mean, if you think about it, for my comfort, I, I tried that too when I was playing, but I think he's got better hops maybe. And Well, I don't know if he has better hops, but he, he, he's, he's, he probably hung out with Chad Lewis too much over the offseason. He thinks he can jump everything, but I just like this style of play. I think he's physical. And what he represents on on the field is important. You, you saw the statement he made about his mother, and that I I remember being in his home, and a kid that that uh, loves his family and and wants to represent the right way, and and comes out here and sacrifices a lot for this team, but he does everything 100%. Whether he's blocking, catching the ball, or running it, he's gonna he's gonna do everything um, as, as the best that he can. And he represents the right people. So I think his family should be really proud of him, just like I know Coach Clark and myself are.